When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, of course, known as your mayor of PHNX, and I'm joined by my vice mayor, my friend, my co-host, the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Another productive week of lockout negotiations, Derek. Bullshit. As it's always been. (laughs) Don't lie to these people. Um, No, it was pretty rough. We had big hopes for for last week, and we'll get into it, but obviously things did not pan out the way we were hoping they would. They did not. You are right about that. Uh, But before we get there, we want to let you guys know, this show is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Go download the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now and get in on the action from UFC 272. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for new customers. Bet just $1 on the main event between Covington and Masvidal and get $100 in free bets no matter what. doesn't matter. You lose, you win. doesn't matter. You get $100 in free bets. First round knockout, you get paid. Majority draw, you get paid. doesn't matter. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, if you're a new customer, Great deal to sign up. Use our code of PHNX. And yes, Jesse, as you alluded to, uh, tomorrow, uh, today, I guess I should say, as we record this late on Sunday, uh, on Monday, we have come to the end of the deadline. Uh, We will be celebrating on tomorrow's show once again that Jesse was wrong. Of course, a favorite day (laughs) around here. But uh, February 28th looks like it's going to come and go without a deal being done. The MLB and the PA plan to meet again today, which is the day of the deadline, uh, but things are not looking good. They're at least, uh, per, per Evan Drellick, uh, there was at least a sense of productivity today, but the gap on key issues remains large. Tomorrow on deadline day, or today on deadline day, I should say, but uh, they're meeting earlier in the day than they have uh, yet. Notable, no one suggested Sunday brought significant momentum or a breakthrough, so temper the urge to be excited. No matter what, it, like he, him and Jeff Passan, they always have to remind us how far we really are apart because I think they're trying to be positive, and I think they are trying to report what they hear, right? So when they hear back sure. that the meetings are positive or they feel like they're making a headway, I think the only real difference is the, the two sides aren't being jackasses about it. Uh, the two sides aren't being like infantile, immature babies about the negotiation. There actually is some give and take, some discussions. Well, what, you know, maybe, maybe some what is important, what isn't important, like just things that they can try to actually make this happen. It's funny because 
it's not like it's the actual players or the actual owners that are meeting, right? These are representatives for these two groups. And the reason why it's representatives is these people should be going in there and talking, being a little bit more uh, amicable about this negotiation. They should be in there finding out more information about what the other side wants. The problem here is that these two sides right now hate each other so much that everything is like a deadlock, including like not wanting to give up too much information to the other side just so that they can, you know, kind of see where they're at and see what they really need to fight for and what what's like what's an impasse, what's not going to go anywhere uh, and and try to get this deal done. It's it is conflicting. Um I think that we have, to your earlier point, maybe the two sides have been a little bit more respectful as of late, but yeah, not not by much, right? Uh, there's still there's still a lot of animosity between these two groups, and and really the the only source of progress that I see over these last few days is that the sides are willing to come to the table and they're willing to stay there for longer than they have in the past, right? These right. meetings have gotten longer, and that is a step in the right direction. We know that. Um, although there doesn't seem to be any kind of significant progress being made towards really closing in on a deal, at least they're, you know, they're not giving up after an hour and a half and, and going home and, um, you know, trying to, to regroup and figure out their plan for the next day. It's good that they're staying right. at the table. The problem is that Derek, we, the, the key issues here have just remained untouched. We still have a chasmic gap between the collective uh, or the competitive balance tax threshold on the player side versus on the owner side, a gap that spans, um, I believe, as low as $31 million and as large as $53 million, depending on which year of the CBA you're talking about. That's a huge gap. And and basically that gap has has remained unchanged throughout this entire process. And then you also have the the enormous gap on the pool side of things, the pool for uh, players before they reach arbitration uh, we've got 115 million on the player side that's what they want it to be the owners have offered 20 million and that's just i mean again it's a, it's an enormous gap and neither side has really shown any interest in in getting into that much so yes yeah, steps in the right direction they're staying at the table but the key issues here are just as lost now as they were you know, three months ago, essentially, when this whole thing started. Well, today <clears throat> will be their eighth straight day of bargaining. So that's that, good. That's one thing that's positive, yeah. right? Yeah. And <clears throat> again, the meetings went from 15 minutes long to significantly longer. The meetings went from them literally delivering their proposal and the, you know, the, 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 whatever side was taking a look at the proposal, basically glancing at it and saying, all right, well, we'll get back to you because you couldn't even in 15 minutes actually look at a proposal and make a decision. You couldn't go back to someone else and see if they wanted to accept it in 15 minutes. So that's all those meetings were at this point. At the very least, and again, this is credit to Evan Drellick, Um, He says that, you know, as a technical note, there were no new formal proposals on Sunday from either side, but there were a lot of discussions and the discussions were, if we did X, could you do Y and so forth? And I think that's the part I'm talking about that hasn't been happening and should be happening when you have a representative and not 
you know, the actual, not like the two sides are sitting at the table together. These are representatives for these people and they should be doing this to find out what's important to each side, what, you know, where we're going to be and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's weird because the union has raided, uh, uh, raised concern about the league's proposed 14 team uh, format that does not provide enough incentive for two division winners that did not finish with the best overall record in their league. And, you know, don't, they don't receive buy in the division series. Um, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff here. And again, there's a lot of things that the players are still, I guess, fighting for. There's a lot of things that there's still, I mean, even simple things like the expanded playoffs, they still haven't agreed on. Yeah. I think the, 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 what, what they've agreed on at this point is, um, you know, the DH and that they're going to have, uh, some sort of lottery for the play or for the, for the draft picks. And that's about it. So there's still a lot for them to do. One thing that I, I think it's important to mention, this is something that, uh, Dan Zimborski, uh, our friend from fan graphs mentioned today on Twitter, he pointed out that the deadline of February 28th, right today, this deadline that we've been looking ahead to for a while now is not really a deadline. Uh, Dan points out that there is actually major league baseball does not have the right to shorten the season on its own. Any, any season shorter than 162 games has to be approved by both sides. So major league baseball can't just come out and say, all right, now we're playing less than 162 games without the players permission, which, which is a really important part of this, because I think a lot of people are viewing this deadline as like, okay, you know, the owners are, are, you know, setting this deadline as the last day where 162 games is possible. That's not true. Both sides have to come to an agreement on that. Um, so I think, I think that's, a, that's an important point to consider here. It's really just a matter of the owners are, are going to be in a place now where they do not want to play 162 games. They want well, the decreased pay to start coming in. And, yeah, and that's, hit that's exactly it. Yeah, they want the threat of decreased pay and affecting the players' right. pay. Right, because the players are offering double headers and all sorts of other options to make up the game should this extend past the point of our normal opening day, right? But there's just a lot of questions that are being floated out there. Like, if they don't care about games in April, why should we care about games in May? Well, we will, because honestly, the baseball season's too long anyway. So whenever they get around to playing it, whenever opening day happens, there'll still be some, there'll be, there'll be excitement for from fans. It's just not going to be the same level of excitement. I think that you're going to get a combination of people who are actively boycotting baseball if this does impact the Yeah. Scene, have you right? seen have you seen all the tweets about everyone cancel your MLB.tv? I have been a part of right? that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did I did it today. Too, yeah. It's not just sending a message, but I think it's smart because I think that they are fully going to charge you for the season. And they're not going to reduce the the amount of like maybe maybe you had to come back they might do it for a smaller fee but they're going to charge you the full amount right now for a full season like as if it's going to happen and then drag their feet on doing something to give you your money back for games missed or whatever or they may not do anything at all there might be a clause in there that says oh if there's less games then we don't have to do anything about it cancel your subscription to MLB TV just do it. You can come back when the season starts. I'm not saying you have to take some sort of big 
like anti-baseball stance, especially <laughs> coming from a baseball podcast. We want you to watch baseball. We just also don't want you to get charged by an entity that right now doesn't care to provide us with the product that you're essentially going to be paying for by right. being a subscriber of MLB TV. Right. It's that simple. Right. I honestly, I'm a big advocate right now for canceling any streaming services you don't find yourself watching. Netflix apparently is raising their prices and they're finally getting to a point of being too much. I think they're getting up to 20 bucks for the basic Netflix subscription. So really, I, wow, I strongly is, suggest that people if, that, if that's the case, then I suggest you cancel. Watch what you want to watch. Cancel. There's no you can come back whenever you want. There's no there's no contracts. There's no nobody says you can't. But don't let someone charge you $20 a month for a sub streaming subscription service that you don't actually use, right? That's why we provide you with so much great content here at gophnx.com. If you already are a member, you know how much content we're giving you, and we're trying to make sure we, we don't let you down on that. Not to mention the fact that we have our other options like our discounts on our merch. We have our members-only Discord, all sorts of options, right? Uh, and not to get into a plug, but if you're, not an, if you're not a member already, go become a member over at gophnx.com. Uh, annual membership is 60 bucks. You'll get a free t-shirt at phnxlocker.com. If you've already wanted a t-shirt and you were going to pay for it anyway, you're halfway there. Now you get a t-shirt and your subscription for a year is 30 bucks. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Jesse and I will provide you with enough comedic entertainment through the discord throughout the season that we, that alone will be worth the $30, but not to oh, mention all the other great content <laughs> coming out from our friends and our coworkers here. Uh, I love working with the people I do. And I'm very proud of the work that we put out here uh, from all of the beats, but uh, especially here at, at the D backs, I think Jesse does great work and I'm also here, uh, but also you guys can get down <laughs> on uh, if you're not interested on the annual membership, get down on the month to month option. First month will be just 50 cents uh, for new subscribers. So hopefully you like what you see. And again, just like this with the streaming service, I hope we're worth your money and I hope we're worth your time. And if we're not, then I mean, if you don't feel that way, then we don't want you to feel like, you know, like Netflix. We don't want you to feel like we're taking your money, you know? So, you know, make sure you, you enjoy the content and let us know of anything we can do to provide you with what you're seeking out of uh, baseball content right now. It's hard. There's not a lot to talk about. There's not a lot going on, but <laughs> how long, you know, how long have we been talking? Like, lockout. Okay, so, the, so the lockout started on December 2nd. Correct. Technically. Yeah. And, the old and, deal ended on December 1st, but we were already talking lockout before the lockout. Right. Because it was imminent, so we knew it was going to happen. We've talked. We've been talking about the lockout five days a week oh, for like three months. I'm so and, tired. And, and granted, we've, I mean, of course, we've found ways to talk about other things because nobody wants to hear us blabber on about the lockout for 40 minutes every single day, but it has been a journey, and we are ready to talk about something besides this mess between <sighs> the players and the owners. You're not wrong, Jesse, but... That's the reason why we love Mondays, because on Mondays, we don't have to talk that much about the lockout. Yes. We get to go to the mailbag. That's right. We're going to our mailbag Monday mailbox, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. I, that song's too good to not use. So we're going to we'll, we'll we'll call we're never we're not switching it to mailbox Monday, but for the time being, um, I guess that's that's what we're going to is the mailbox. Uh, we thank you guys once again for providing us with all of your questions for yet another uh, mailbag Monday. We did not ask for more questions this week. We had a a big week, by the way. We uh, I was out at uh, D-backs camp. I got rained on. 
I got to talk to Corbin Carroll. I got to talk to Alec Thomas. It felt, it felt real. It felt like baseball is close and I might just be fooling myself, but uh, it, it, <laughs> don't it, fall for it, Derek. Don't, Jesse, don't fall too oh, in love. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was, it was really, it, it really was the first time that I started to feel like I was, I was back where, where we should be, especially during this time of the year. Uh, you know, I took a lot of pictures, did a lot of uh, stuff out there, but uh, really it was kind of, it's like being out there and watching the minor league guys do camp is a little bit like this lockout dragging on. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know how long they can do this for. Uh, and I don't know where this is going to go because typically these guys will get to play some live games. Right. And yeah, uh, they, they, they don't get to play live games and they don't get to break up the camp. If there is no spring training, uh, I found out that the minor league guys will essentially go straight from this minor league camp to another minor league camp at yeah, Salt River Field. They'll, they'll go so like it's just going to be like they this would have gone, I guess. What's that? They'll go like, yeah, like it's pretty customary for minor league guys to start and, you know, play some games with the major league team in spring training. And then eventually get they get sent down to minor league camp. And so. Yeah, unfortunately for them, they're they're just gonna kind of skip over the spring training step and go straight there. Um, by the way, I did want to say this. It was really badass seeing the Arizona Diamondbacks uh female minor league coach out there. Uh I'm gonna butcher her name because <laughs> the, her name is uh Ronnie Gaujanik, I think. Uh probably Gaujanik. I I I'm I know I'm getting that wrong, but uh again, she's just Jesse um she's just cool man like I, I saw her literally walking out with a bat on her shoulder and a glove hanging off the end of the bat and I, I don't know there's just something that's great about seeing you know uh female coaches female parts of the staff out there for baseball it's it's, it's fantastic it was really cool to see yeah I was, I was a bit in awe of her <laughs> that yeah I mean it's it's just so rare right I right mean, right it's it's not like you know hopefully Hopefully, you know, it's not that that women are, are like kept out of the sport or anything, although I, you know, maybe there's some of that to a degree. But sure. but yeah, it's just it's rare, right, to see that. So that's super cool. It really was. So uh, but she's she's awesome. And uh, I, I'm excited for these young guys because there was a lot of uh, <laughs> there was a lot there. There were a lot of home runs being hit during live BP. And I like to see that. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, but getting back to our mailbag, our first question comes from Brighton Bobbitt at BB underscore Nitro on Twitter. And he asks, what do you make of college players, Vandy most notably, having pitches called by the coaches through a watch? And yeah, this is actually was some pretty new information to Jesse and I uh, about this. But apparently in college uh, sports and college baseball this year, college pitchers are going to be allowed to wear a watch like device to hide pitch signals uh, that are being called in from the coaches on the bench. There's also an option for teams to use an earpiece as well. And this is all kind of new stuff uh, per the NCAA. It's examples of what could be implemented next season, including teams being allowed to use an electronic display board from the dugout that shows a numerical code to call pitches and or defensive plays. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, it definitely seems like, you know, the, this is the direction that sports are going to utilize technology for these purposes. Don't, don't you feel? 
it it's a little bit scary just every time i hear about technology being used in some way on the field because we all know that can go awry from sure. a, a rule standpoint pretty quick like there's there's just a lot of potential to abuse stuff like that the moment that it's introduced but i can't i mean i don't necessarily see any issues with that on the front end i mean this is what technology does for us a lot of the time in life right. is it allows us to communicate more easily and and let's face it like the way that players communicate on the baseball diamond is very complicated, right? Like they come up with all these elaborate signs that the opposing, like it's a complicated process. Yeah. And if technology can help improve that process and make it easier, then, I mean, that's what technology is supposed to do. You just right. have to find a way to make sure that we're not abusing it in the process. Right. You're right. And with all due respect, we found a way to abuse trash cans, Jesse, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> technology is a very, you don't even need I use technology. that term very loosely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we were so concerned about smartwatches being used in the game and a team was blatantly cheating right in front of us by banging on a trash can. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, there's always going to be a way for them to get around um, whatever the rules are, circumvent the rules and find a way to, to cheat and, technology like this definitely opens the door for that there's ways to limit it though like it doesn't need to literally be a smartwatch, right it could be just a two-way communication device that that's its sole purpose and all that they can do is receive messages from the coach one or not even two-way one way right like because the pitcher doesn't necessarily going to be sending messages back so it's just calls and plays being called in um same thing with like a catcher kind of receiving an earpiece that they can you know, speak to the coach directly from the dugout or at least receive instruction from the coach. Do you think we'll see this in Major League Baseball, though? Like, I understand them doing it for college because it's for instructional purposes as far as the game goes. But do you, do you see this moving up to the big leagues? I don't know. It's a that's a really good question. Um yeah, I mean, I just have so many questions about the integrity of the game somehow sure. being uh messed with. So I think Major League Baseball would have to heavily, heavily vet something like this before it could be possible. Um, but yeah, who knows, Derek? Maybe in the future, you know, in, in one year, players have, you know, Joe Buck from uh, from Fox Sports, you know, talking with them and they're live on the broadcast like we've seen in All-Star Games and whatnot. Yeah. And in the other year, you know, they've got their coach telling them what pitch to throw. Uh, it's be some some serious multitasking on the part of players. But you, you never know. You never know what they'll come up with. Yeah. Um, I forget what the quote exactly was. I think uh, it was uh, it was Greg Maddox. And Greg, Ma Greg Maddox once said, no need to steal the sign. I'll tell you what I throw. It's an 89 mile per hour sinker and you won't even swing at it. And that's, <laughs> that's some hard shit right there. <laughs> I love, I love Greg Maddox. Yeah. He's just such, it was such just, a legend. I hate to, I, I at times hate to be like this because this makes me like, this makes me age on the spot saying this, using this phrase, Jesse, but back in my day when I felt love. <laughs> oh, here baseball, we go. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's, that's this time period. Like it's my, it's my favorite time period. I, I was discussing it with someone else, but it's like, of course, because it's when I was a kid and I fell in love with baseball. But yeah. when you look back on it, when you look back on that era and Ken Griffey Jr. And, you know, even Bo, a little bit before my time, but Bo Jackson playing both football and baseball and stuff like that. Like there was just so much 
crazy legendary stuff going on. And now it feels like the last 20 years of baseball hasn't had that much, you know, that kind of yeah. superstar breakthrough, that kind yeah. of cool stuff happening. You know, like Shohei Otani is probably one of the coolest things that we have of our current generation that we'll probably talk about for years to come. Right. Outside of that, though, there's not a lot of people that I feel like move the needle. There's plenty of great baseball players. Don't get me wrong, but not these guys. You know what I mean? Not yeah, that's that's a good point. It's weird because like objectively, the players on the field today are more skilled than the players that were on the field like 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, like the average fastball 20 years ago was in the high 80s. And now the average fastball is, you know, around 93 miles an hour. Like like these are the kinds of advancements that have happened. The, the players are stronger, they're faster, they're quicker. Like we have objective measurements that tell us these things. And yet I think you're so right. Like when people think about the sport, they're still beholden to, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., and some of the legends from 20 or 30 years ago that just somehow felt they just felt bigger. Like they just yeah. felt like they had a bigger presence yeah. in the game than some of our current stars do. I, I, I often think that they did a better job of, I think, marketing to kids. Yeah. And making baseball these... was just more popular then, you know, well, like it was had, just baseball had... was bigger. We had cartoons. Ken Griffey Jr. was in a cartoon with like Wayne Gretzky and other like all stars. Where we had they backyard were like, baseball. <laughs> we had backyard baseball. Yeah, we had like, I mean, especially like the games like, you know, now MLB the show is basically a simulator. But when it was when we were, when, when you know, late 90s or mid 90s, it was it was kid games. It was a game. It was still a video yeah. game where it's like grown so far beyond that. But I just think at the end of the day, they did a better job of marketing the players. I, I really did. And I think yeah. that especially to kids that are then going to grow up and watch this sport their entire life. And again, we hold on, like you said, we hold on, we're beholden to some of these guys because they're such legends in our minds. So I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe the way that the, all the scandals and everything that happened after that kind of muddied the waters for a lot of things in baseball. Maybe, maybe that's why we don't love them as much. I, I don't know, but um, it's definitely, it's definitely different than it, than it was at one point. Um, all right. So before I move on to our next question, I just want to remind you guys again about the amazing deal over it at the DraftKings Sportsbook on UFC 272. I love watching UFC, you guys. I, I can't get enough of it. Um, I'm very bad at keeping up on it. I feel like UFC to me now is just like WWE and pro wrestling where there used to not be so much of it when I was younger, so I would catch it all the time, but now there's just so much, like, there almost feels like there's a, a pay-per-view for uh, MMA almost every weekend now, uh, but I love the big UFC fights, and I will definitely be watching this, especially the main event between Covington and Masvidal, uh, stepping into the octagon this Saturday at UFC 272. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for new customers. Use our code of PHNX, bet just $1 on the main event, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Double knockout resulting in a no contest ruling? I don't even think that could happen, but if it does, guess what? You get $100 in free bets no matter what the outcome is. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code of PHNX. Throw down just $1 on the UFC main event and get $100 in free bets no matter what happens in the fight. That's code PHNX this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 
21 and over only Arizona only gambling problem. Dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Jess, our next question comes from Spencer O'Gara. Uh, by the way, Spencer O'Gara, I believe, writes over for AZ Snake Pit. I've seen some of his stuff over there. I, I'm, I could be wrong about that, but I have seen um, a couple of his stuff over there. So, again, shout out to our friends at the Snake Pit. Uh, they had me on their Brute Fireside Chat podcast, and uh, I had a blast with them. I think I brought that up already. But uh, Spencer asks, ever since Houston, Miami went with bold colors, we might have even asked. I feel like we talked about this before, but ever since Houston, and Miami went with bold colors, I wanted the D-backs to adopt the Tuesday teal as their main color with Sedona bread as their primary backup. Thoughts? Do you think it's too straightforward thinking for the fan base? Uh, you know, today, Espo sent me a picture of a hat that he bought from uh just sports and the hat is a it's the serpientes s snake in copper with teal around it Mm. and it's so beautiful like it makes me so upset that this team's primary colors are red and and tan you know like that when i see that it Part of it invokes like feelings of the Rattlers a little bit when the Rattlers were really at their prime and they had just this, like the Rattlers used to have this amazing copper helmet that just shined. And like, I I always love the Rattlers early color schemes. And again, they were very much uh, similar to the D-backs. I felt like the D-backs black jersey with the Arizona and purple across the front. I think it was in purple. Yeah, it was purple. Uh, That was always very much like the, it looked very similar to like, one of the Rattlers uniform sets, but uh, I, I, I just, I think everybody's ready for it. Um, and I, I could be wrong, but it feels like next year it's going to happen. I feel like we're going to get one more year of the Sedona red and the, and, and the sand. And then I think for the 25th anniversary, they'll bring back an entire season of teal. And I, I don't know if they'll do a new color. I don't know if they'll do something new. I don't know if they'll just incorporate the new colors into the current design. That would be kind of cool too. Like if they didn't want to just completely do a throwback, if they just wanted to do the current Jersey setup, but bring in the purple, the teal and, and some copper trim and some other things, uh, I would, I would be completely down with that. Mm. The teal is the teal is cool, right? I mean, that's kind of the one, the one separator that the Diamondbacks still have from other teams. It, it really I know, is. I know that the red is supposed to be a Sedona red, and it is like it is marginally different than than other reds that we see across the game. But let's face it, it's red. It's it's, still red. it's not it's still a shade it's, of red. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're not that different from the Angels and the Reds, and right there's there's just so many teams that use that as their primary color. So yep. I'm a fan of the teal. I I appreciate that even though they haven't brought back the purple, which is ultimately what we all want. Bringing back the teal was at least something. Um, and they didn't have it for a while, right? Like when the when the red first made its appearance, there was no teal whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's good that they brought that back. But yeah, I would love to see the, the teal expanded moving forward. I think people would really be on board with that. I really like, and going back to like kind of what he was saying with like Miami, Miami does a cool kind of black, uh, like Jersey look with like the, uh, you know, the Marlin in like neon kind of yeah. color where it looks like it's a neon, like, and 
I kind of think that the Diamondbacks have something going with that with the Los D-backs uh, jersey that they currently have with the black and the red and the teal all together. Like it just looks much better than I thought it 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 would. To be honest, I love them. I love the Marlins uniforms. I think the, I think the Marlins have a really solid cut. Which I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but for whatever reason, I I have always loved the new Marlins uniforms. That's interesting. Well, I mean, uh. I will say that I, I didn't love some of the stuff that they did at the park, but I like the changes otherwise. And I, I don't know. I mean, it is it is a matter of keeping it fresh. And uh, that's, I think, something the Diamondbacks need now when you look at how long that they've been in the Sedona red. I mean, these jerseys are that they're currently wearing are so similar to 2006 when they introduced it. That's why when I ranked the jerseys, I had so many of these in the same spot as ties because – I mean, it's like I said, Spider-Man pointing at each other meme is what it was with most of these jerseys <laughs> there. I, I was even looking at them and I was honestly surprised looking at an old picture of a jersey from 2006 and a jersey from now at how many similar traits they shared and how similar they were. Like even yeah. the lettering is still very much the same. You know, it's a little bit more drastic now, but it's it's no different than it was in 2006. It was still there. So uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, I want to see him to do something. And again, I'm, I'm not expecting it to happen this season, but I would be honestly disappointed if for their 25th anniversary, we didn't see some sort of hmm. either new, new combo introduced or a throwback to the, the classic years of well, this, one. This is the 25th season, right? Like start in 1998, like through 2022, that would like this is their 25th season that they're about to play, but maybe maybe they would wait until 25 years from their first game. So like start in 2023. I don't. Oh know. man, this is yeah. This is the, the like this is getting into. Uh, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is their 25th season, right? Yeah, like so. I just wouldn't get your hopes up, Derek, because I think if I'm they were going to do something, they might still do not. it right now. <laughs> I still think it would be 25 years from their first season that's fair that's still season. that's still going to be an event like opening day 2023 will yeah. be a big a big day for them and yeah. let's just hope and pray that we have baseball by then my gosh <laughs> shut your stupid mouth by then oh my god it was a hopeful comment derek you can't uh, I don't like i'm not it. being i'm not being pessimistic by saying let's hope we have baseball in 2023 i don't like it uh, our last question comes from Brett Lee Johnson at Brett underscore Johnson 44. Uh, how you doing, Brett? Thanks as always for your question. And Brett asks, who are some D back players that might not have been big MLB names, but they are loved endlessly here in AZ. And, uh, I'm gonna, he, he gave three easy answers for himself. He gave Augie Ojeda, Steven drew and Chris Snyder, which I think are all excellent choices. Um, but yes, I, I and I, I'll take it a step further. You don't even have to give me people you think might have been endlessly loved here by the fan base necessarily, but maybe even somebody that you loved that wasn't a uh, big name or go on to do big things. I would say um, Ryan Roberts. Tatman. Oh, that's my ah, that was my first pick, Tatman, of course. Yeah. Right, he like was such a such an unsung hero here in Arizona, but loved by the fan base. He was sneaky good too. Yeah. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but he he had like a I think he had like a three war season, like three or four war season. Um, the year that the Diamondbacks shocked everyone 
uh, back in 2011. So he was a really big part of that. And it's sad that his career kind of fizzled out for, for whatever reason. He just didn't stick in the league for very yeah. long. But um, but I have I have fond memories of that year for sure. I'll give you one of the fan base, but not me personally. Jake Lamb. Oh, interesting. People did. People did like Jake Lamb. You're you're right. He was a media darling. I remember he was like people love Jake Lamb. And I think these I think both of these handsome gentlemen definitely share a common trait that might have added to the 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 love that they get. Right. (laughs) But um, definitely just like uh, again, when I when I besmirch the good name of Jake Lamb, I'm I'm attacked on Twitter by people. And it's like, honestly, I'm going based on his actual production here, folks. I'm not trying to slam the guy uh, because I don't like him. He was great. I asked him a really stupid question one time, and he let me slide on it, despite the fact that it was the dumbest question I've ever asked anybody as a member of the media. Um, it was about him getting hit, and I asked if he thought that – I think I asked him if there was something he could have done to get out of the way or something. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I will say uh, Josh Colmenter. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. I, I loved Josh Colmenter in a completely different way that surpassed baseball. I just loved him as a person. I thought he was hilarious. He was – he's one of those rare people that's just funny, I feel like, with everything he does. Like, yeah, he doesn't even need to try to be funny. And he was just being funny. Um, But he was always a joy to watch anytime they put together any kind of video thing. Whenever they needed somebody to go out, like interview fans or do something silly, it was always Josh. And he always did a great job. I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen him pop up uh, in some sort of like media capacity, considering how good he was like in front of the camera. He he's definitely like a color analyst, like yeah, waiting oh yeah. to happen. Like definitely. he could he could do that job tomorrow. I remember um, <laughs> Josh Colmenter was was the Diamondbacks opening day starter one year. I think yes, I think against Tim Lincecum, <laughs> and I I remember being at that game and being like, <laughs> I I love me some Josh Colmenter, but I'm not sure he's opening day <laughs> starter opening day, material. Yeah, yeah. But it was but it was I mean. Yeah, I think the Diamondbacks lost that game, but but he was really good in his rookie season when he first came up. He was one of the best starters on the team. Uh, he had like a full 30, 32 start season or something like that. Um, got somewhat close to 200 innings, had a pretty low ERA. Um, he was really good when he first came up and another guy where it's unfortunate he didn't uh, stick in the league for for quite as long as maybe he would have yeah. liked but yeah. but yeah he was loved I mean he was he was just a great guy so many fun interviews and memories with him guys like that are great examples I think everybody that we've talked about is why baseball is such a hard game it's not how good can you get it's how good can you stay and how yeah. good can you be for an extended period of time right it is startling how many guys come in the league and look really good, like look above average for a year or two. And then they just kind of fall off. And and that's the last you hear about them. It is it is an accomplishment in this league to just last a few years, right? It, don't never mind how, you know, what big numbers you put up. Just like sticking around is very difficult. Say what you will about the owners in baseball being Disney villains, right? Because they absolutely are. <laughs> but they know this stuff, right? This is the reason why 
there's the arbitration. This is the reason why they mess with guys' service time to get as many years as they can before they have to extend them a contract. They want to know what they're getting. It's not that they don't want to pay guys. Well, yes, it is that. They don't want to pay guys. But it's also that they don't want to long-term commit to guys that are going to fizzle out. And I bet that there are more cases of that than there are of the contracts working out positively and the teams getting everything that they expected out of that player for the entirety of the contract. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, as much as we want to criticize owners, they're they're the ones that have been through this and they have the data and the information on this kind of stuff. And they know exactly what's going on when it comes to longevity of players and guys right. ability to look great for a minute but how long can they do it for that kind of thing so yeah and that's i mean the players use the same argument right like we we can't do this for very long right this is a pretty fickle job sure so we sure. want our money early in our careers rather than having to wait you know six seven years in order to get to that point and and all they're asking for is to be rewarded when they're good they're not asking just for yeah. like yeah they are asking for a raise of the minimum salary a bit right but the big thing with that bonus pool is they just want guys to have the ability that if they do succeed in the league at an early age to be able to get compensated for their performance because right. it might not be one of those things that they get that that they're they're able to do that for 15 20 years like some guys are yeah and it's not it's not that much money either i think the the owner's proposal is 20 million for 30 players and the player's proposal is 120 million for i want to say 150 players something like that so you're talking about an average of less than a million dollars per player so it's not like we're going to take you know some first or second year player and make them you know pay them 15 million dollars in a year or anything it it really averages out to, you know, a 700K bump uh, for, for individual guys, which, which is not that significant in the grand scheme of things, even if 120 million sounds like a lot. Oh, my that. God, Jesse, we were talking about our favorite Diamondbacks players, and here we are talking about lockout. Uh-huh. Again, we can't even get away with it. <laughs> Mailbag Monday, we were supposed to be answering questions. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. With All right. You're I'm right. Putting a cap on this. We're, we're, no, whoa. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Colmenter because he's awesome. And I want to, I want to leave on a high note. How did we even get on that lockout. tangent? I, I don't, don't even know. know. How did I get there? I am it's sorry. I apologize. The, lockout, <laughs> the lockout's like COVID. You're, it's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. You're going to talk about it. And that's, that you're going to catch it or you're going to be talking about it. You're going to be scared of it. I am scared of the lockout. I, I feel like I've caught it. I feel like it made me sick and I don't want any more a lockout chatter, but uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this is the week. Uh, we had a big week last week of at least uh, making some moves diplomatically, uh, making <laughs> some headway as far as you you're, know, you're really goes. trying to make it sound like something happened last week. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 nothing happened. Basically nothing happened. Um, so they met. Let, I mean, they let, sat, they sat there for a long time. They really did. They really and, did. They made uh, it look like they were putting in an effort, you know? So yeah. I appreciate that. Even if they're not really doing anything, they're at least putting on a show that feels like they're putting in more of an effort. So uh, we appreciate you guys checking out the show. We appreciate, we don't, no, we don't appreciate baseball for making the good. No, we don't appreciate you baseball. We want you to get your shit together and put a season on because we want to watch baseball. You know, spring Jesse Saturday, I would have been sitting at a spring training game. That's what I should have been mm, doing. I should have been watching yeah. Colorado Rockies versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. This yeah, Instead, it's really starting I was to hit. Commissioning over a pro wrestling show. What? Like, come on, baseball. 
the things that you're making me do as a side gig until you get back is absurd. Okay, so, that's a pretty cool side gig though. <laughs> it was yeah, I got to I got to yell at some big dudes. I got some enforcer guys now. Um it's funny what 20 bucks will get you as far as like getting some dude who's at the show to protect you. But anyway, uh <laughs> definitely appreciate you guys checking out the show again. Uh follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate it so much. Uh, also, if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our channel over at PHNX Sports on YouTube. Uh, and you know, subscribe, uh, hit that notification button. That way you don't miss any of the content coming out from our PHNX team. It's some wonderful content and hopefully you guys, uh, enjoy all of it. Sign up to become a member at gophnx.com and use our code of PHNX over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Jesse, uh, let's get some baseball going this week. Hopefully fingers let's crossed. Get some baseball. Uh, let's get a deal. Let's, let's get a deal going. But we thank you guys again for listening on behalf of Jesse and myself. We appreciate, uh, your time and remember kids. Baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when we don't have to negotiate about baseball anymore.